Hey guys, this is Andrew from Interloper, and you are watching Sonic Perspectives. Hello guys, this is Carlos Gomez from Sonic Perspectives, and today we have a very special guest. We are going to be talking with Andrew Virueira from Interloper. Uh, well, hello, Andrew. Hello. How are you doing, man? I'm great, dude. You know, taking it day by day, man. <laughs> right, that's, that's right. So... Um, Andrew, we're going to be talking about uh, your newest band called Interloper, which is about to release its uh, debut album called uh, Search Party. Uh, that's going to be released on June 11th uh, by Nuclear Blast, right? Correct. So a little bit of background for the band. So Interloper uh, consists mainly of Miles Dimitri Baker, which is the guitar player, one of the guitar players. Then we have uh, Aaron Stecknauer. I don't know how to pronounce that. Stecknauer. <laughs> yes. Stecknauer. Yes. <laughs> right. Uh, that's who's the drummer. And last but not least, of course, yourself, Andrew Birueta on guitar and vocals. Um, so, first question to you, Andrew. Uh, I know you have you have played with uh, the Faceless as a session musician. Uh, do you currently still play uh, for the Faceless? As yep. a session musician? Okay. Yeah, that's right, man. And um, and Michael and I uh, uh, are going to be writing the next Faces album together. I've actually got quite a few songs and ideas already hashed out and stuff for that. So, And I'm sure Michael does as well. So we're going to put our heads together pretty soon here. Nice. And um, so did you or um, Aaron, did you guys play by any chance with the Faceless on 70,000 Tons of Metal recently? Yes. Yep. All right. So I think I did see you guys there. Oh, okay. oh that's that's Hell pretty yeah. awesome. Yeah, that was a great show. I, I, I remember I think I took, uh, I, I saw one of the sets. It was, I think the first one, it was like very late, man. It was <laughs> like five in the morning, but yeah. I I made it. That was That was insane. It was so good. It's crazy that they do that, man. But I guess it makes sense because no one just no one sleeps. It's like a casino on that exactly, thing. Exactly. You know I mean? Exactly. There's no yeah. such thing as sleeping on that boat. So, yeah. yeah, I was just curious, like because you know I thought maybe there was a chance that you know I've already seen you play live before. So there it is. Interesting. Yeah. Great. Pretty pretty neat. So um, uh, let's let's talk about Interloper. Uh, what can you tell us about the band the band name? Uh, do you consider yourselves as interlopers? Um, well, the uh, the idea for the band name actually was made, and um, it was made by Miles. Mm -hmm. So Miles started the band, and uh, he's a uh, a big fan of a video game called Half Life. Oh, right. Yeah, I know that one. Yeah, it's a classic so classic PC game. Yeah, exactly. Uh, uh, so um, Half Life is, uh, or I'm sorry, Interloper is, I believe, one of the chapters in the, the second Half Life, and so he named the band after that. Well, that's pretty neat. Yeah, cool, man. And um, you know, as we uh, reviewed the band members, of course, one of the first things you notice is that um, there's no official bass player. So I guess my question is, who recorded uh, the bass for your debut album, Search Party? Yeah, dude. So we had one of our good buddies, uh, Jacob Umansky, who plays in a band called um, Intervals. Mm -hmm. uh, he he tracked bass for the album, um, and we knew he was the man for the job because uh, he actually did the first Faceless tour with me. 
on base. So we got tight on that tour and stuff. And um, it, I saw him play every night and it's just like insane. <laughs> so um, it, it was only right that he did bass for uh, the Interloper album. And are you guys like interested in looking for a uh, permanent bass player or do you just feel comfortable having, you know, a, a session or a, an outsider musician? Um, I think we definitely want a bass player. Um, definitely want a bass player. Uh, it's just that, I guess maybe just right now, um, for the time being, we're just going to keep it as a three piece um, and maybe have uh, session players live. Okay. Um, but we, we do eventually want to end up having somebody permanent um, that we trust and, and know very well. Uh, because introducing another another person into the writing room kind of thing is uh, pretty it's pretty like crazy to think about for us because of how like um, volatile the writing situation already is you know we have such uh, contrasting opinions within the band already right. so fourth is just like I can't even think about it right now and I don't think the other guys can either. But um, at some point, I definitely do want that. To have a bass player with you guys, like, like permanently. Yes. Great. And uh, now that you mentioned the writing process, um, uh, I was reading that your brother also has an input on the writing process, right? Uh, how yeah, uh, more, more or less uh, for the album, you know, he, he, uh, he put on his producer hat. You know what I mean? And, and we do a lot of the um, final bells and whistles and all of that kind of stuff ourselves um, when we pre-pro the songs. Um, so they're already like, I would say like 90% exactly how we want the songs to be before we go into the final mix process. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, my brother just has really good ideas and his ears are fresh to the songs. Um, and so he's, uh, he's definitely had a, a hand, um, in kind of making the good sections great and, you know, just making things how, turning the songs into like actual songs, you know? Right. Okay. Okay, cool. Um, you know, I, I found it interesting that, you know, having a, a family member, you know, having his input into the band, uh, you know, it, it's something that of course you've got to have some sort of like, you know, harmony and, 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 and good relations, you know, with the rest of the band as well, not just with yourself. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, Joey's, Joey's a, a good friend of Aaron's and Miles's already. Mm -hmm. and, um, obviously, I grew up with him and uh, we, we grew up making music together. He's the one that I bounced my writing ideas off of. And, um, and we kind of taught each other how to write music together. So Um, he's somebody that I have like complete faith in, uh, in regards to understanding the visions that we're trying to like portray in the songs and the environments that we're trying to create in the songs. Um, he like instantly, he can hear and be like, Oh, I know what you're trying to do. And then he'll carry it out, you know, properly. So that's, it's really nice. And, and it went really smoothly. Great. Great. Um, still talking about the way, you know, interloper works um i also read that you guys uh, were at first trying to look for a vocalist and it seems like it ended up being you the one doing the vocals 
so I guess my question is, uh, why weren't you considering doing it from the beginning? Um, <laughs> because the, the music's too hard on guitar already. Oh, there you go. There you go. That's yeah, why. singing and playing can be tricky. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. And and I mean, when I joined this band, uh, the songs that we were playing were like the very first ones that Miles and Aaron had written um, before I was in the band, which were like full on like technical mm -hmm. death metal songs, you know, like 260 BPM, like insane stuff that when I joined, I, I like couldn't even play. Like I had to get on the level that they were to play that stuff. So thinking about vocals wasn't even really in the, in the picture um, at the time. But as we went through um, the singers that we did and stuff, um, there were still sections of songs, even on like the EP and um, on the full length too, that I was going to have my own like dedicated sections and stuff. We, our plan was to kind of like do a split singer kind of deal um, already. Um, and so I, I think it was, it was only natural that we uh, just went with me doing all of the vocals uh, because the music didn't really sound drastically different with my voice over it because we had already heard my voice over it. Right. But I mean, you do have a great vocal range, I must say. I mean, by listening to this album, I mean, you can tell that you can pretty much, you know, cover both melodic and, you know, the growth pretty well. Thank you, man. Yeah, I appreciate that. <laughs> cool, cool. So, uh, you know, given the, the, the background from, you know, your previous bands or, you know, the band members, previous bands, you know, we're talking about, you know, the Faceless and, and Rings of Saturn and the whole, you know, technical death metal slash deathcore. Uh, what what inspired you as a band to you know play more of a progressive metal style? Um, well, I think that it has a lot to do with us finally having um, an opportunity to make our own voice in a in the bands that we play in or in a band that we play in. Um, you know, Aaron and Miles and Rings of Saturn. That's somebody else's band. You mm -hmm. know, that's. That's Lucas's vision. That's Lucas's uh, brainchild. And so when they're writing for that, it's with that in mind, you know. And um, and so when it comes to Interloper, um, we have full freedom to write how we feel and what we think we sound like. And it just ended up being uh, a more like progressive metal sound. Correct. And um you know, now that we're talking prog metal, me, myself being you know, a huge fan of progressive metal, what would you say are, you know, as a band, the biggest prog metal influences in Interloper? Um, I'll speak for myself. Um, I would say Between the Buried and Me is like one of my all-time favorite bands. Okay. Uh, Great Misdirect and like Colors were of course. monumental for me. Um, I really love, uh, I mean, I, I wouldn't so much call this progressive metal as much as like alt metal, but like Faith No More and Mr. Bungle um, are gigantic influences on me. I don't really know that it comes too much through in Interloper, um, but that's definitely a band that um, I'm always thinking about when I'm writing and I'm always like trying to hold my music to that standard. Um, and then, uh, Aaron and I both are really big fans of Opeth. 
Yeah, I, I was going to mention that there is, I, I believe there's a, a, some Opeth influence that you can certainly feel in, in, in most of in, in the interloper songs, especially in the heaviest parts. Yeah, yeah, man. Michael is uh, one of the best songwriters of our time, man. You know, I, be, like, I, I, and I totally agree with you. Yeah, I believe he, he, he did or he accomplished amazing records. Uh, so yeah, they're legendary. Absolutely, <laughs> for sure. Man. Absolutely. Um, so, so yeah, that's that's pretty much that's that pretty much covers it, I think. Nice, nice. And um, talking more about the singles from, you know, the debut album, you guys uh, released the first single called Drift. Um, do you think music videos are still relevant nowadays in, in, in these times? Yeah, man, you know, it's uh, it's hard to say. It's hard to say. I really don't know. I really don't know if they are. Um, I don't know if they help or or not. I never really understood music videos myself. <laughs> like, I mean, sometimes like they can be really cool and um, and artistic, and that's what I like. That's always been more my thing. Um, I like watching those like animation videos, that kind of stuff, mm -hmm. rather than watching the bands playing their music. You know, it's just kind of I've always felt kind of like self-centered, but you know, sometimes you got to bite the bullet. You know, I yeah. guess. That's uh, right. That's right. But yeah. I mean, the, the question is, of course, because you, you, you think that, well, in the 80s, you had, you know, the MTV boom and, you know, even in the 90s and then that disappeared completely. And nowadays you only have, you know, pretty much YouTube videos. That's where you can pretty much see all this new video. So hence my question. I mean, I was wondering how do you feel about music videos? But um But yeah, yeah. I, I, I think they're still important. I mean, of course, they, they're, they're a tool for, you know, uh, showcasing and, and displaying, you know, the band and, you know, for, you know, making yourselves known better, I guess. Yeah, I mean, I, what, what a music video has always been has been like a, just a commercial, you know. Right. It's, a, it's an advertisement. Um, and, uh, and that's totally great. Um, if I really thought about it, you know, the effect of that I think has definitely diminished from the times of like MTV playing music videos on like, you know, public television. I think that's really where um, they had meaning and purpose. Mm -hmm. um, and I think now it's more so just like an accessory and like fan service, you know, it's not so much like we're putting this out because we're going to get more fans, you know, it's just like, We want to show people who we are. We want to um, do something that's like artistic and like that will stick in people's heads when they listen to the song, that kind of thing. Right, right. And for Drift, I mean, you, you, I mean, the, the, the video direction is pretty classic. So it's just a band playing and, uh, you know, you have some, some cool background. Um, yeah. For us, the song, for the song itself, um, Why did you guys choose Drift as your first single? What was the, the, the decision point to, you know, to pick up that particular song? Yeah, um, I think that that song, I think that everybody in the band can agree that that song was like, or is um, kind of all-encompassing regarding the sound of the album. It has a little bit of like everything there is to offer. Um, there's like the heaviness and the impact. and mm -hmm. And then there's also like the nice rich melody in there. Um, 
and it's nice and short and sweet you know it's not gonna it's not too long too explorative something that's gonna like you know deter people if they're a first-time listener and don't know us and don't care you know <laughs> right yeah so i think i think that's kind of why we chose that one first okay cool and um as for the second single and the latest single search party uh well this is an animated video of course um can you tell us what's the story behind the the animated video like the creation of it yeah 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 we can we can talk about the creation as well i mean yeah who artistically who was in charge of you know creating the animated video oh yeah yeah so um we have a friend uh her name's paige alsberg and she's in art school right now she actually just graduated from otis um and uh she majored in storyboarding so for her senior project she uh she wanted to storyboard the music video mm -hmm. and so we had her um storyboard the whole thing like all the scenes all the angles everything um she drew it all out on a pencil and paper and uh, kind of put it all together like that and then uh, we hired the same guy that did the animations for uh drift the drift video those mm -hmm. like background wall animations or whatever yeah, right like um, the medusas and all that yeah yeah exactly so he he's the one that did the animation for the video um oh, okay based off of the storyboarding yeah right and i i guess now talking a little bit more about the uh, the meaning and the relation of, of 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 the lyrics and the video i mean you can see i believe it was a fox that was like just looking around going through the forest pretty much like searching uh is is that pretty much what how it relates to to this to the song i mean so the fact that you're Paige, searching Paige told me or told us like what it was i can't remember off the top of my head right now <laughs> but she had a very symbolic meaning and i wish that i could explain it right now but i just would have to ask her. it looks but like we're gonna have to ask her yeah okay fox is like a universal symbol of um i think i can't remember like guidance or something like that and so mm -hmm, she used mm -hmm. the fox to guide this woman to this specific place right that kind of thing and then there was also a raven in the video which represented something else that i can't remember <laughs> no, that's, that's terrible okay. dude no 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 that's fine i was just curious about it because you know i mean there's a lot of focus on on, on that fox and i guess it had some sort of meaning yeah um, yeah yeah um so i mean on to like i guess the meaning of the video what i can understand it i mean well the video the story of the video is is based off of the lyrics so mm -hmm. um the, the lyrical content that's actually a song that mike Semesky wrote the, the old singer in the band um he wrote, he wrote that whole tune and um from what i've gathered from from that it's like it's it's just about how people can um ha they have damage and baggage in their life and um and they try and bury it by uh going to another person or like a like a partner kind of thing you know what i mean mm -hmm, they mm -hmm. bury that baggage and they think going to a partner is an, is the answer but what ends up happening is they end up damaging everybody around them they end up damaging that person so they go to the next damaging that person and then um all they're left with is themselves you know and so that's kind of the point of of that song and that's why um she ends up you know alone sailing on the on the seas mm -hmm. and, and that it coincides with the album cover you know she she went to the edge of the earth 
to try and find an answer and all that's left is herself and right so that's, that's what it's about right and speaking about the the you know the album uh, cover which um, I, i think it's, it's it's amazing it looks like it's uh, like a uh an oil and canvas paint right i mean that type yeah. of style um and and was do you remember by any chance the name of the you know the artist who did that yeah yeah so his <laughs> name is uh keelan stockermans mm -hmm. uh, i can't remember where he's based out of but he's he's in the states um and uh he's done some incredible work uh for other bands and i've had my eye on him for a while now and i knew that i wanted to pitch him to the guys and so i did and they were about it um he's done uh one of the albums that he did recently that i really loved was uh uh it's called slow decay from uh the band the acacia stream oh, okay yeah cool. so he did that that cover and he i think he did lorna shore's uh recent album um yeah his style is is so cool it, it does look like watercolor or like oil and canvas or something yeah right right like that it's, classic it's, surprisingly enough it's it's digitized um i think it's like kind of like drawn and then scanned but like he's definitely like digitally illustrating it which is even more impressive i think right right no pretty pretty neat cover i think it was a a, a right choice and um do you guys have the original painting by any chance or no man no, no like i said it's it's all like he he digit he It. oh it's 100 digitalized okay okay yeah. all right but there it you looks go. it looks like it's real right like it's, pretty much pretty much yeah, yeah that's, that's really pretty cool. impressive <laughs> yeah he's, he's got it down man right right um andrew there is a uh there is a cover track in in this debut album it's uh the run run cover right For the yes song. sir yeah. so who came up with with that idea and and that song in particular I don't remember who said like we got to put this on the album but what I do remember is that we all wanted it on the album. I think <laughs> it was I think it was more of like a just like a group decision that we just knew, you know, we just knew we had to do it. And it's because like I don't know, man, we used to like when we like had some fun like party nights and stuff like yeah. that with friends, like we always wanted to play that song on the like whatever the speaker the aux cable or whatever um and so we always ends up listening to that song and it's kind of got like a nostalgic value to it for right, us right right um and we just wanted to like pay our respects on our first album with of course with a touch of you know the interloper on it um, yeah Yeah, <laughs> modernize it respectfully. Right, right, right. Are you guys um, 80s uh, pop music fans? Do you consider yourself 80s pop music fans? Um, I like a lot of the new wave stuff, and mm -hmm. Miles is a big fan of, like, glam rock. There you go, yeah. Like, Motley yeah. Crue and Poison and all that, yeah. Yeah, which <laughs> I happen to, like, not, I can't stand it. <laughs> yeah, I think I agree a little bit with you on that aspect i mean i can i can take some uh glam but not 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 too much <laughs> I, i can handle it like playing in a bar exactly you know, but i'm not gonna i'm not gonna like go out of my way and, and listen to that for fun you know but but miles does and that's cool <laughs> right you know i'm and, more of like a like a i don't know depeche mode and and stuff like that you know soft cell um, right but yeah nice and um 
And let's talk a little bit about the uh, physical formats that the album is going to be released. Um, uh, uh, I, I was looking through your uh, social media and I noticed that, of course, you're releasing it on vinyl. Vinyl seems like the big thing these days. Uh, oh, yeah. And, and there's, I believe there's two variants that you have released so far. Correct. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we got the, the Pale Blood Moon one and then... Um... I can't remember what the other color is actually. Um, well, it's like, like yellowish. Like yeah, that's right, the nuclear blast edition. Yeah, they have their own variant. Right, right. So, um, yeah, what do you think about vinyl? Do you think, do you agree that this is like the right format nowadays? Or do you think it's just like a fashion? Uh... I don't know if it's the right format, but um, I definitely know that it's a very popular format. And I, I don't know even if it's like that the people that are buying these vinyl are even like really listening as much mm -hmm. as they're just collecting, You're right. you know? That's right. which is cool. It's like, um, it's the biggest like form of media you can buy. Exactly. You know? Right. It's, it's like a portrait, you know, which mm -hmm. is really, really cool. Um, so I get it. I, I personally don't like have any vinyl myself. I'm not like a collector or, or anything like that, but um, I, I think it, it has its place and I, I'm, I'm glad that it's, resurging you know i think it's been resurging for like years now like like four or five years maybe even more yeah um, yeah dude yeah so um yeah we'll see how we'll see how it you know you know, how it behaves in the next couple of years but certainly it is a big trend nowadays and um yeah i me myself i i, I got into collecting not so long ago maybe less than a year ago and you know it's like a rabbit hole. I always tell people, don't do it. <laughs> it's expensive, isn't it? It is. It is an expensive hobby. Yes, it is. <laughs> yeah, dude. That's what I hear, man. So I always joke, you know, with my friends and they, I tell them, yeah, man, stay away from it. Don't do it. <laughs> yeah, it's going to break man. your bank account. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I've also been seeing is um, cassettes. Also, yeah, they're they're also, you know, they're taking off a little bit, too. There's, there's fans that are releasing cassettes, which is crazy. Yeah, I think I've seen it most in like uh, the death metal. Exactly, even black metal bands, even there. Really yeah, like death metal, black metal, and stuff. Not so much like, um, I guess our style of music, like progressive metal and stuff. I'm not seeing that too much, but definitely am seeing cassettes. Who knows what'll happen in like you know five more years? Maybe that's going to be the next big thing. You know? Who knows? Yeah, yeah. We'll we'll see. Um, well, Andrew, um, I think. Well, I want to thank you you know, for, for, you know, this couple of minutes that we had the chance to talk about Interloper and, you know, the upcoming album. Well, thank you for listening to Sonic Perspectives, the place where we speak music, the universal language of mankind. From music news to concert reviews, interviews, album reviews, exclusive features, and more, follow us on all, on all our social media, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, Apple Podcasts, and Flipboard. Once more, my name is Carlos Gomez, and it was great to speak with Andrew Virueta today. Don't forget to listen to Interloper's debut album called Search Party, out on June 11th on Nuclear Blast. Here's Interloper's latest single, Search Party.